0: Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. This week, we are joined by our Near North and Lincoln Park teaching pastor, Steve Koble.
1: Yeah, and with him, we get to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit and hearing the Spirit's voice in our lives, as well as Romans 7, 1 to 6.
0: Great. Let's get started. I'm Hillary Murphy. And I'm Trevor Lovell. And this is a Pastor's Cut with Steve Koble.
1: Steve, good to have you with us today. Good to be here, man.
0: Hi, Steve. Welcome. What is the best piece of spiritual advice you have ever received?
1: Man, there's a long list, but (laughs) one thing that I know that has stuck with me throughout my journey has been, um, John Bryson told me one time, find what stirs your affections for Jesus and do a lot of it. Mm. Um, And then he'd say, and then what stifles your affections for Jesus and stop doing it. (laughs) Mm. yeah that's good that's good that is good and so steve you preached at um near north and lincoln park this weekend could you give us a quick recap of the sermon yeah so um seven one through six is closely tied to the end of chapter six in connection with verse 15 through the end and uh, it was just basically talking about what is the law of grace Uh, what does it mean to be under the law of grace or the law of the spirit so we talked a little bit about um, being dead to the law that God gave Moses in Exodus and how that law is like a marriage almost like being married to someone who tells you that you don't add up, you don't uh, you're not doing well enough. Mm-hmm. and then Jesus supersedes that law uh, through the law of grace, brings us in union with him. Uh, Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. uh, And the purpose of receiving our union with Christ is that we might bear fruit for God. Verse, uh, I believe that's verse four of chapter seven. Mm -hmm. And and then sort of how do we live out what it means to bear fruit for God through our union with Jesus. Mm
0: -hmm. So what got cut this week?
1: So there wasn't uh, anything significant that got like, just cut out completely. There are probably some things that I would have liked to spend some more time elaborating on Mm -hmm. um, and talking more about. One of those things is... Uh, man, we could spend weeks and weeks talking about our union with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And Paul says that we've been, uh, we've died to the law and we've been married to, or we belong to another. Um, And there's a bunch of different phrases that come up all over the new Testament that has to do with our union with Jesus. But Mm -hmm. so often um, because we don't talk enough about the, uh, our union with Christ and be, I should say, because we don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit or the primary role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we miss out on what it really means to be united to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I explained in the sermon a little bit about how we think of the Holy Spirit or think about the Holy Spirit. And for some of us who grew up in more... um, charismatic spaces where there was a lot of emphasis on the individual gifts that God gave uh, through the spirit or gives through the spirit and things like speaking in tongues. We Mm -hmm. kind of switch the pendulum or swing the pendulum over to uh, man, God, the father, God, the son and and God, the Holy scriptures. And we don't talk much about the Holy spirit's work. Mm -hmm. And so if I could elaborate, (laughs) it would be like, just, just man, just, pressing into my soul uh, the work of the Holy Spirit to exalt the person and work of Jesus in my life. And so I think that a lot of people get caught up in what Paul says in uh, Galatians, you foolish Galatians, having begun by the Spirit, having begun by grace through faith, mm-hmm. now you're attempting to be perfected by the flesh. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so we're, we're trying to perform for God and do the, all the right steps for God. Um, and yet we're doing it separated from grace. We're doing it completely in our own strength. And uh, one of the reasons why I think we do that is because we miss the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That is not God peering over the balcony of heaven while we're trying to live for him and see us fall and say, man, you, man you're a failure. But that the Holy Spirit is right there with us saying, hey, I got you. You're secure. You uh, are approved um, simply by your faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that that's a constant thing. Like Christ is in you and you are in Christ. And that happened by grace through faith. So I, I could spend hours talking about how we misappropriate uh, our understanding of the Holy Spirit and our union with Jesus.
0: Yeah. And you see in verse six, it just briefly even mentions the the Holy Spirit. I know you dove a little bit more into that even on Sunday, but how have you made yourself more aware of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? And what would you recommend for other believers? Just some practical steps to to really keep the work of the Holy Spirit in mind.
1: One of the things that happened to me is that um, I wasn't doing Uh, I felt like I was kind of going through the motions of my Christian journey. And a few years ago, um, there was a a speaker, retreat speaker, that asked us to do some time of solitude. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went and did that time of solitude. And I'm not like solitude and fasting are like the two spiritual disciplines that I'm like, nah, I'm not (laughs) super into that. (laughs) And um, so in the process of, of the solitude, she wanted us to just listen to the voice of God mm. uh, and just hear what God was saying. She said some things to set it up. Um, but in that process, I just kept hearing God say, um, Steve, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like you are uh, cherished by me. And I kept thinking to myself, that can't be like, that can't be the spirit that the, like, why? why is that the thing that I always feel like, God is saying when I'm, Mm -hmm. when I pause to listen and that can't be right based on like how I'm doing at this whole thing called Christianity. And like, that just must be what I want to hear and not what is actually being said. And then I began to realize, I felt like the Holy Spirit brought me back to John 16 Mm -hmm. and, um, and Galatians 2, you foolish Galatians having begun by the spirit. Now you're going to be perfected by the flesh. John 16, Jesus says, uh, I'm sending the comforter, the paraclete, the encourager mm-hmm. to you. And he's going to bear witness to me. Mm-hmm. And once I understood what grace actually was, mm-hmm. I realized, Oh, that is exactly what the Holy spirit says over us. And so, um, man, I, I think that just a better understanding of grace and yeah. taking the time to pause and, and hear God's voice. I think that kind of solitude, uh, not as like an act of like, God, I'm doing stuff for you, so please do stuff for me, <laughs> but more like, God, I, I just need to be with you. Mm. And so I think there's a, a significance to our culture, and I, I regularly say this, but we rarely, we, we get so busy doing stuff that we miss just sitting in the presence of God. Mm. And um and for some of us and, and being busy in general, like is like our our it's like a cultural value that we have. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. just be busy. Um there was an article that I read about um just the the importance of busyness as like a symbol of achievement and success. Mm. And um and yeah, I just think there's a lot of rhythms in the scriptures. That we approach as Western Americans as like, all right, here's all the stuff that I got to do, and really, what God is calling us to is this intimate connection with Him, and in the intimate connection with Him, uh, through discipline, through uh, through habits, through rhythms, but a motivation. Uh, that comes from, man, I just want to spend time with father. I Mm. just want to spend time with dad. And our pursuit of holiness in response to that becomes like the more, like, I just, I just want to experience more of him Um, because he is, uh, he is the end all be all. He's not the means to our end. He's, he's ultimately what heaven is going to be, Mm -hmm. is going to be the fulfillment of the experience of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, that was a lot more pausing and stopping the work yeah. to uh, to listen to the spirit of God. Mm. That's good.
0: What else got cut?
1: I I would say that there's a space um, surrounding this idea of uh, what happens when we're on our spiritual journey and our view of God shifts. Mm. So I talked about Joseph Jackson, and uh, in the process of, of us um, pursuing God and growing spiritually, we begin to see God as Joseph Jackson. Uh, he, he uh, Michael Jackson, tells a story of when he was growing up, where he had his uh, his father would come home and he would push all the furniture in the living room to the corners of the living room, and then he would call his sons the Jackson Five into the living room, and they would perform their dance routine. And if they missed any portion of their dance routine, their father would pull off his belt and Mm -hmm. whip his children. And so, in response to that, like, it created, uh, in one sense, the greatest performer this generation Mm -hmm. has ever seen. But Mm -hmm. in another sense, his father never had his heart. Mm -hmm. And the desire of God for us is that he has our hearts and our hands um, but he gets our hands, the work of our hands um, by getting our hearts. That's what he's interested in. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we see God as this kind of Joseph Jackson who's waiting for us to mess up and then we we sin and then he's you know belt in hand ready to uh, give it to us and um, and so that then shifts our view away from, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit say you're cherished, Mm -hmm. you're loved. Um, And if we're too busy in trying to do all the work and keeping ourselves busy, we won't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say that. Uh, We'll just get in this sort of uh, treadmill that keeps going faster and faster and we get Mm -hmm. more and more tired um, of trying to keep up with things. And the other Mm -hmm. error that I think happens is that uh, on the other side of things is that God just becomes our means to an end, as I said a little earlier. So we yeah. pray for things and our prayer requests really become a list of things that we covet that other people have. Hmm. And we would never say that with our words. We would never articulate that. I think that's just that's just the happenstance of how pervasive our sin nature is. Is that even in our attempt to do spiritual things, uh, sin can permeate what we're uh, what we're trying to do. And so we pray for things uh, that really we intend to usurp uh, the place of God in our lives. And so God then becomes the cosmic butler in the sky that just gives us the stuff that we want uh, if we do enough good stuff for him kind of a thing. And so the thing that probably got cut that I needed to elaborate some more on is the perspective of God being holy and God being loving at the same time. And so we oftentimes try to separate those things or we shift to one side or the other. And when we think of holiness or God being holy, sometimes we think of him as being like, God only likes broccoli and asparagus. So we got to (laughs) figure out how to like broccoli and asparagus. When in all reality is it like, that's just his his nature and Mm -hmm. that's not, not our nature. Um, So when God comes down to, the people of Israel in the book of Exodus, uh, round about chapter 20, he comes down to Mount Sinai and he's just set the people of Israel free, done some incredible miracles in order for that to happen. And then he tells Moses to tell the people to consecrate themselves, like prepare themselves for my arrival Mm -hmm. um, because the nature of God is so overwhelmingly powerful and so overwhelmingly set apart that just to be in his presence, when God began to speak to Moses, the people of Israel said, tell him to stop speaking. (laughs) Or we're going to die. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. it. you know, it's almost like being a tissue paper in the midst of a bonfire. It, that that would be what it would feel like. And yet God in his love is still pursuing us. And like, mm-hmm. that's the whole point. Like he wanted a relationship. He's holy. So he's got to set, set up these boundaries for us to be able to encounter him mm-hmm. um, because of his holiness. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, That's where the tabernacle and the temple and the sacrificial system comes in place so that a perfect and a holy and a loving God can interact with sinful human beings. But now the beauty of Jesus Christ coming onto the scene is still a picture of God pursuing His people, Mm -hmm. um, so much so that He becomes the sacrifice for His people. He doesn't set up a sacrificial system. He's like, I'm going to be the sacrifice. (laughs) And so, to remember that the holiness and love of God can't be separated from each other, um, and I think the thing to remember about His holiness is that He's provided for us what we need to pursue those things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when we fall on our faces and we don't, uh, and we and we think that God is peering over the balcony of heaven, saying, "Man, get it together," really in Christ, the Holy Spirit is right there saying, I got you, you're secure, get back up, and I've given you the power to do so. And in the process, we just have to recognize that it is going to be one of those things where we ride our bicycles and we fall mm-hmm. off sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been given this Father who's compassionate, who's always with us, who says, come on, get back on, uh, on this bicycle and let's let's uh, keep riding.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So it'd be sort of like the perspective of God that is how he's revealed himself to be. Um, and not just the caricatures of what we create in our minds. Steve, I know that you you do a lot of reading, uh, especially in like the spiritual formation field and that stuff and um, spirituality. What what's some of the what are some of the best things you've read lately? Man, I'm in the middle of reading Wounded Healer by Henry Nowen. Um, He talks about what Christian leaders need to be in the future. And he's writing as um, he's writing, um, you know, back in the day, a couple of decades ago to talk about what Christian leaders need to be like. And one of the most interesting things that he says, and for whatever reason, I I still need to be the person that says, like, how do I really need to be? Um, but he says that the next generation is going to be so introspective um, that we as Christian leaders need to be people who uh, do introspection in such a way that we can figure out what all is actually going on in our hearts Mm. and then communicate what's going on in our hearts to people so that they can identify, yeah, actually that stuff is going on in my heart. Mm. So there's a work of processing and vulnerability Mm. that Processing what's going on in your heart and a level of vulnerability that people want to hear um, so that they can uh, experience what you're experiencing. So mm-hmm. the day I think of information heavy sort of uh, here's all the information about Christianity is not what people need. They need the information as long as mm-hmm. it gets to how do I process what's going on in my soul and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that, that he talks about is the, the pr- part of contemplation of the Christian leader. And I think because of how busy we are and the value of busyness, like for me as a Christian leader, I don't spend a lot of time thinking that my own personal contemplation is helpful to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's not actually work. Mm-hmm. When in all reality, as everybody else is working there needs to be somebody who's looking at 30,000 foot level mm-hmm. and just being able to perceive what all is happening and look t- to what God is trying to communicate. Yeah. Um, and so the role of contemplation. But mm-hmm. I rarely think of contemplation as work. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But as
1: Christian leaders, it needs to be uh, a space that we enter into and make sure that we identify as work because we are evaluating what's happening in the world and how people, how other people are evaluating their purpose and their identity and the things that they find valuable versus the thing that things that God finds valuable. Mm. Um, and so that's been a really, really cool uh, book for me. I'm also... I've just been on a Henry nowen journey, so uh, I'm listening to or I'm reading the, the Inner Voice of Love um, and that book was written while he was um, actually like in a uh, psychological ward, mm. uh, I think. Mm. Um, after he had lost a a very, very close friend um, and he was just processing the deep level of, um, of hurt and rejection Mm. that he had. And in the process of that, he wrote the return of the prodigal son, Mm. um, which is his response to looking at um, Luke 15 and looking at um, the Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son itself. Mm. So, My mother passed away three months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a number of things that I'm trying to process in my own soul that I'm trying to make sure that I do well and I don't compartmentalize um, and stuff down my emotions and the things that I'm feeling. And uh, I want to be able to do that in a healthy way. Mm. And so, man, I just really feel like God has forced me into some of these spaces um, for the sake of other people. Not yeah. really things that I would want to experience or things that I would want to naturally do. I don't think of myself as much as you you said, Trev. <laughs> but uh, man, I know you think about spiritual formation. I yeah. don't try to. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that's not the first thing on my bucket list. It just happens to be the space that I feel like the Lord pressing uh, pressing me into. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that's just been and and saying like, what's real? You know, mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. what is What's the point of all this? Like what is what is true spiritual fruit? Not yeah. just how can I be a good preacher, how can I sound eloquent? How can we have more people coming into this? Mm. But like, man, I really want to impart something to your soul. Yeah. Um, that's just the desire of my heart. So mm. Steve, it's been great having you with us.
0: Thanks, Steve.
1: My mm. pleasure, guys.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on The Pastor's Cut. We hope you join us again next week as we dive further into Romans chapter seven.